Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Mosier, continue their discussion on the small called articles, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier. All right, welcome back, guys. We're talking about sin. Again. Again, yeah. And we are in our Old Testament episode in this arc of episodes as we are walking through the small called articles. Uh, looking at what is the number again? Three point one. Three point one. There we 3. go. Three point one. Yep. Three point one on on sin. Yep. So we're going to go into a passage uh, that's probably not obvious from the Old Testament. A couple different ones we could go to, but Luther uses this verse, and we're really going from a phrase and a verse and <laughs> launching into a theology, which is that's the Lutheran way. So this could be very short <laughs> or very long. To yeah. be very clear. Yeah. I gave Jason a hard time about yeah. this in pre-production. I said, we're going off of one phrase, basically. <laughs> and he says, Luther does. So yeah. apparently that must be be good enough. Good so, enough for Marty, good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesus always said. Yeah. Uh, wait, yeah, wait a maybe second. not. Yeah. All right. Anyway, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, let's what are read, we reading? Uh, we are reading Exodus 33, verses 1 through 3. And you are about to find out why I wanted to do this passage. Go ahead, Brett. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Good job. Thanks. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you along the, on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. There and it is. This is the reading. Amen. I just really wanted Amen. you to read the tribes. <laughs> oh, is that what? Okay. That's it. Actually, the stiff neck people line was just a joke. We'll actually right. go now to Psalm 51. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and, no, no. And, and all, yeah, we, you know, in choosing the passages of scripture, you know, we're trying to cover as many different passages. So, I mean, we could repeat some. And we have occasionally. Done. We try not yeah. to do that because the whole goal of the podcast from beginning to end is to demonstrate that the Lutheran confessions point us to scripture yeah. and explain scripture. And when they do, we want to use the scripture they use. And Luther does list this verse to talk yep. about our original sin that we learn yeah. from scripture that we are thoroughly corrupt sinners. Sure. So we're like you said, you know, the the phrase or the expression is stiff-necked people, uh, not a reference to you know going to a chiropractor or anything like that. Chiropractors exist stretches. because of original sin. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yes, uh, doing stretches wow. for your you're, neck. You're welcome, Ryan uh, Mares. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Or, or yep. Uh, seminary classmate. Seminary classmate. That's right. Amen. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, why? <laughs> you're right. I think you know Luther uses this scripture especially for that phrase or that expression. Yep. Um, what is it about that expression that shares or or emphasizes original sin? I think the best thing to do is to go to Romans 10, quoting from a different passage in the Old Testament where God says, all day long I've held up my hands to a stiff-necked 
and obstinate people. Yeah. And it's that same phrase that's used that talks about uh, the stubbornness of our sin, the insistence of our sin. It's not that, you know, we're just, oh, give me another chance, God, give me another chance, God. No, sin feels good. And that in itself is sinful. That's concupiscence. Bam. Yeah, there you go. Got it again. Yeah. I'm on a roll. For some reason, when you said that, it didn't sound right. But yeah, I hesitated that, for a second. Yeah, I yeah. second-guessed myself. Got it. Okay. Yeah, you know, so it's it's kind of a way of saying the truth in a more vivid way. Yep, very vivid. Yeah, right, and you, you kind of get this picture of somebody that just doesn't move their neck at all, uh, not even in a neck brace, but just kind of like... Just very stubborn in their way of not not budging. Well, the way this the way this looks really is if you've ever had a toddler, and you've ever had to fight with them to go to bed, yeah, and they make their body rigid, so you literally just carry this statue of a human being to bed, <laughs> and, and they I, I don't know if your kids have ever done this, but my kids have all done the whole rigid, yep. you're, you know, I'm not going to do yep. it sort of a thing. They've and, also done the completely. version of that or the flailing around in the store you know all of the things that make you look like a terrible awful abusive parent when you're at Target or anywhere else (laughs) and and I will say this as a word to moms who are completely self-conscious about your kids acting like this we all know don't worry we've all been there you know amen the amount of I, I try without looking like a weird you know, stranger to to be as compassionate to parents and especially to moms going through that. And, you know, yeah. No one thinks you're not disciplining your kid. <laughs> right. So the stiff-necked idea is yeah. is this idea, right, of not bowing, like being re- refusal to bow oneself to an authority outside of them. Yep. And, hmm. and that that whole idea is exactly the description of our nature, isn't it? Yep. It's we have zero inclination whatsoever or ability to bow down to God and to call him ours, right? That would be to, to be able to boast because we have somehow outsmarted the old nature. We've outsmarted the, the, the original sin in us and, and somehow figured out how to get to God on our own. Jason, you bring up Romans 10, and it's interesting in the context of Romans 10, which is, you know, using this phrase, stiff-necked people as well. And it's, and it's very much the same thing. In the context, Paul is speaking to the Jewish people, the, the physical descendants of Abraham. And, and that's who he's speaking to in Exodus 33. And this idea of their stiff, stiff-neckedness, if that's a word. Yeah, I'm going to call it now. that. Just made it a word. Their stiff-necked ways uh, were persistent from the time of Moses. And this time we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 1400 and some odd, you know, years BC, right? Here, Paul is talking about them in 60-ish or 50-something-ish AD. So almost 1,500 years later, later, you see these guys having this conversation, same thing. And it's this Jewish people who uh, he's talking about, but it's not unique to them. It's unique. It's not unique to the Jewish people, but what Paul's point is in Romans and what Moses's point is in Exodus is that these are people who found their ability to please God on their own, something to be grasped. It's something that they could do. And and that was Paul's point. And and Paul's point in Romans, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace. In fact, I'm going to show grace to these pagan uh, morons 
because <laughs> I want them to be able, I want you to see how much it is, God, that I am going to reach out. I am going to, to reach out and reveal myself and save a people who they don't even have any desire to seek after me whatsoever. And here you think you do, but here's the problem. You try to get there by your own means. You try to get there by your own goodness. And that's the problem. That's where we start running into issues is this very idea of, of synergism, that we're helping God somehow, and we are, we are good enough to love him and love our neighbors so much that, okay, yeah, he's got to let me in. It's the same theology. It happened 1400 BC. It happened in 5080. It happens in 2023. Yep. That's, it's that, that's the nature of things, right? right. Yeah. And that I want to go back for a second to the the thought of being not bowing down, mm-hmm. you know, because when you think of it that way, and when you label this term for what it is, we remember from the catechism that the nature of all sin is idolatry, right? That the the primary commandment is you shall have no other gods before me, and that you should fear, love, and trust God above all things. If uh, the nature of our sin is refusing refusing to bow down. To God as the authority, then that completes that cycle, right? That anything that refuses to acknowledge God as the authority is what sin is, and therefore we are stiff-necked. We will not bow down to God, which in turn, because I haven't thrown American Christianity under the bus in like 45 (laughs) seconds, uh, the the whole dumb, ridiculous awful, no good notion of Jesus might be your savior, but have you made him your Lord? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Differentiating those two things. Yeah. That's the issue with original sin, because you're not going to make him your Lord. He is Lord. He already is Lord. It's not an elected position. We don't need to worry about the (laughs) the electoral college. And Uh, and by your sin, you have very clearly indicated that he is not your Lord in the way that you want him to be. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for you know, I'm I'm just really chewing on this text here in Exodus, and just thinking of the the context of this. You know, these people were just delivered from Egypt out of slavery, which is you know the the main picture of salvation in the Old Testament. It's just making me think of how you know our, our original sin remains with us even after our redemption in Christ. And, and we so, s- yes, go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. that's exactly where I wanted to go with okay. this, right? Uh, so the the notion of justification, justification by grace. This is another thing our original sin can corrupt and mess up and and you know, throw out the window while we're driving down the highway at 55. <laughs> <laughs> Rotten banana peel, uh, doctrine of justification, you know, all of these things is that this notion that justification gets rid of sin, you know, like that it it wipes the slate clean, it's a second chance, you know, just as if I never sinned, that whole notion. The problem with that is that our sin still remains. It's pretty evident that Christians still sin. So you've got the Calvinist notion, well, he he wasn't really a Christian in the first place, and you've got to just really work at getting it right. Or, and sorry, Calvinists, I didn't mean to say that the way I did, but I probably did. Uh, this, you know, like I said, this, this, you know, we become fruit checking. Has my salvation finally taken hold? Hmm. Uh, it's it's Augustine slash Augustine that the apology quotes in this is that our sin is taken care of in justification, not in the way that it's removed, but that it is not counted against us. 
Mm-hmm. That's helpful. And yep. We are not parted from our sin until the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Going back to last week, Jason, you talked about how, and I thought it was a really good kind of overarching picture of, of salvation about death, double death, double resurrection, yep. right? So you, you died spiritually and then died physically and then were raised spiritually and raised physically. And, and just as they didn't understand the fullness of what their death meant until the end of, you know, the, the final, their, their second death, so to speak, uh, not, not in a revelation sense, but the second death, right? There is the, um, the reality that I don't think we we fully recognize the true resurrection, which is exactly you know we, we we not fully recognize we aren't there yet we aren't we aren't perfected. It's the idea that we are being made into the image in a in, in that sanctification. We are being made into the image of God uh, in, in Christ, and and at the same time we as a result of having not been fully made that yet we still sin we still mess up i i, I just see like how the the first death didn't feel like it, it, it didn't feel i love how jason loves that word feel it's one of his favorite words uh, it doesn't I have you know, no emotion we don't recognize it because yeah they died and they recognized something was off i was i'm naked and i don't want to be around god they, they understood that <laughs> i'm clothed don't worry uh, but but they recognize that but just like us you know we don't fully recognize who we are in Christ. And we need to continually remember who we are. We kind of have, as Christians, sometimes existential amnesia. And that's exactly what these guys were going through. The existential amnesia. Who am I? Well, we are the people that God just walked through a sea. Well, but instead, no, I'm, I'm so hungry. I need onions. I want, well, just, we should go back to Egypt. They at least have pots of meat for us to eat. Can you just listen to them complaining, right? And we would do the same stupid thing. Yeah. yeah. Because we, like them, In that same old nature that we battle, that same flesh that we battle, it is going to be a constant thing where we are the stiff-necked people. We We are constantly doing this. We do it all the time, and we we don't see the things that God provides for us, and then we get a hangnail, and like, why does God hate me? Yeah. You know, know, of course, that's absurd argument, but it's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's what I want to trace through this is the phrase that comes before it then. Lest I consume you on the way. I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way. And this is the nature of our sinfulness. And the, the, the second time now I will throw generic American Christianity under the bus is the expression of our worshipfulness in American Christianity is we are clamoring to get into the unmediated presence of God. We, you know, the, I, I can't tell you how many praise and worship songs that, that want to get me to the throne room of God and before him and in all of these things. So now pause, step back, take a breath. Because of Jesus, who is our high priest, who has died in our place, who has shed his blood to cleanse us from our sins, with such a great high priest who has uh, Ascended. Yeah, experienced everything we have yet without sin, now we can go into the throne room of God to find mercy and obtain grace in time of need. That's the Jason paraphrase version of Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Okay? That's what that looks like. It's all true. But... If we talk about the presence of God without the blood of Jesus, the presence of God is not good news. And what we see here 
in Exodus 33 is God having just delivered the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Literally, what, 15, 33, carry the nine, <laughs> uh, 18 chapters yeah, yeah. ahead of where we are right now, okay? Yeah. And, and a couple of those chapters are the Ten Commandments, and you're like, you spend four chapters of what do we do at Mount Sinai? This is kind of weird, and you know, all of those things. It's, you know, a couple weeks after being delivered out of bondage to slavery, you're a free country. Uh, I have not only removed you out of Egypt, but I've wiped out Pharaoh and his army. They're no longer a threat. You're a free people, yippee and all of that, that God says, I'm not going to march with you into the promised land because you're sinners. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Didn't you just save us? You're like, no, no, no. If I go with you, I'm going to consume you. You're trying to, you know, the, the cognitive dissonance if here. If I go with you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, How many times have our wives said that? Yeah. Not Brett's, because Brett's a kind guy, but Jason, let's be honest. Yeah. Every road trip we've ever been. But, but you get this sense, oh, wait. Yeah. There is something about the nature of salvation that we're missing. And that that God declares us righteous. He has not pulled his the sin away from us so that we stand before God yeah. as if we've never sinned. But that's because Jesus has taken credit for our sin. Now we get to be in the presence of God for all eternity because of that second resurrection. Mm-hmm. Because at the resurrection, we receive our perfected human existence. We back into the image. Yep. Yeah. We we, we fully get in the back sense. to that, and and if we lose that, which the generic American church loses in like six different directions, yeah. we run into all sorts of problems for the Christian faith. Yeah, yeah. Can can you speak a little bit? You know, kind of moving, on, you know, building on that. To how does this play in in the life of sanctification? Well, we're still sinners, yeah. right? Yeah. And yep. it's where I've taught, and you can go on, ooh, I don't think, you can go on my church website, which is faithlutheran-aflc.org, and uh, look for the Reformation Conference. And the, the first Reformation Conference, I taught on the difference between justification and sanctification. And I've come up with this terminology. Other people teach it in different ways, but I call it cyclical sanctification. And the problem with sanctification in the American church is that we use what's called an inclined plane model. And what you do, we all know what inclined planes are, right? They're just triangles laying on their side, being lazy. And what... what (laughs) Wow. Uh, Come on, triangle. (laughs) Get up, triangle, do something. Be a pyramid. Uh, The inclined plane model looks like you have the cross at ground level. And then once you're on the other side of the cross, you're expected to increase in sanctification. But the more you increase in sanctification, the farther away from the cross you move. And it ends up being a problem because the focus is on my effort and my lack of sinning, mm-hmm. which you eventually move to, well, what did I need Jesus for in the first place? It's like the cross is the star on Mario, right? 
you're invincible. You just go on on your own. But the, you just you needed that boost, and now you yeah. can go off on or, your own. Or, or you even worse, it's like it. the mushroom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the worst power up ever. Just, just one one run. <laughs> well, I guess I'm four feet tall now instead of two feet tall. One run in with a Koopa, and you're you know like yeah, back to your midget self. Yeah, you get kicked. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. That that was a word we used back in the day. Insensitive. Yes, you. it was. Even though Dickinson's high in North Dakota, their high school is still named the Midgets, but that's <laughs> really? neither here nor there. Okay. So the, we we need a better model of sanctification. We we needed to look. That was so random. That I don't was, even know where to that go. That was really random, guys. Uh, so you've got yeah. cyclical, cyclical sanctification is is what two kinds of righteousness and vocation yeah. looks like in the life of a believer, and, and and what that means is okay. I've repented of my sins. I've been forgiven. Yeah. What do I do now? I don't need my good works. God doesn't need my good works. The neighbor needs good works is because this is how God provides for us, right? So we're we're talked about. Okay, go love your neighbor. So I go try my ever loving best to love my neighbor and what happens is that I fail in loving my neighbor and then I repent and as I repent I receive the gospel and as I receive the gospel I'm told to go out and love my neighbor Mm -hmm. and as I go out and love my neighbor I fail to love my neighbor and I repent and then I receive the gospel and what are you showing me a picture of? You, there is a bird. I, I found this gif of a bird doing a backflip, and that's what I feel like. You know, I feel like what you're talking about, cyclical, like we circle back to the cross. Sorry, I yeah. showed the picture to Brett. and Now Brett, I have to use this gif as the image on the episode so people know what I'm talking about. Uh, so that's what it looks like, and in, in, in that we never leave the cross behind. Yeah. And it's yeah. never like we have something to do. It's that we are called to do something in our Christian freedom, and in our Christian in freedom, we still fail to do it because we're still sinners. And so the necessary parts of sanctification are obedience to the law, but they're also repentance and they're also absolution. And so that our entire life of sanctification is this constant cycle of living out obedience to God, of failing, repenting, and of being forgiven, and then of living out obedience to God. Daily repentance and faith. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, it's the same kind of idea of the daily... Uh, daily baptism yep. language that Luther talks about, our daily conversion in a sense. When God said the repent, he willed the whole life of a believer to be a life of repentance, thesis number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and, and all that is necessary because of this teaching of the original sin. Yep. Yeah. And again, it all comes back to justification, which is how the entire book of Concord is structured, is that justification is not you are made righteous, it's you are declared righteous. And you are made righteous at the resurrection for all eternity. That's the distinction. And getting uh, getting justification wrong, getting original sin wrong, all that muddles things up. Yep. All right. Well, let's, let's land this plane here. Um, yeah. Any last words on stiff-necked people, you know? North Dakota high school mascot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've been all over the place today. Jason is just on a mission. So you've got to have somewhere to gospel to lead us out here, right? Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might be the righteousness of Christ. This is the place to be talking about the great exchange. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran Bible College invites you to attend Christmas at the Free Lutheran Bible College on December 1st through December 3rd. 
featuring performances by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary Choirs and the Symphonic Wind Ensembles. Register for free or find live streaming information at flbc.edu slash Christmas. God bless you and have a great week.